Open up your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John, not the 1 John that you come, in, come to, but 1 John. You've got 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, which is toward the very end of your Bible, right before you get to Jude. But it's the same John who wrote the Gospel of John. And you'll notice that he really likes the word, the word, word. You know that word, that capital W, word? He likes that word, and that word is in the very first verse of the Gospel of John, and it's a very important word, that capital W, word. All right, you're going to see that in this little book of 1 John, you're going to notice some things, and one of those things is uh, how many times little children is mentioned. You will see little children throughout 1 John. Do you realize how many times the word children is throughout the whole Bible? Have any guess? Just, just that simple word, children. How many times that's in the whole word of God? It's no number that, you know, you're going to go, oh, wow, it's just a number. But it's a very high number. It's 1,804 times that it's throughout the Bible. Children. Now, do you think children are important to God. Now, think about all the times that throughout the Bible you see sons and daughters, where you see little ones. That's all through the Bible as well. Little ones talking about children. So children are very important. And you're going to notice that throughout uh, 1 John. Now, it is Critical that we protect the minds of little children. Absolutely critical. And if you wait until a little child gets older, in many cases, way more times than not, you lose them. If you don't get them when they're young, as far as believing the Word of God and having a biblical worldview... Once they get, get past age 13, you've pretty much lost them, and then you, you have to have a miracle from God to change them. And that is possible, very much possible. But just know that it's very important not to allow the little children's minds to be corrupted by this world. This world is very ready to corrupt the minds of our children. This world will corrupt our minds as young people, as young adults, as even adults. We, our minds can be changed. It definitely can be changed, but it's way easier to change the mind of a little one, of the little children, right? The older we get, we get what? Hard-headed, right? You, you hear that. It's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. We, we have those sayings, and those are true sayings. 
So it's very, very tough to deal with people as they get older and older. We get set in our ways. Okay? All right. Now, let's read. This is the Holy Scriptures, okay? This is the Holy Scriptures. Pay very close attention. And I hope that in your time through the week, you will set aside a few minutes, maybe 15 minutes, to just get into the Word and read. 15 minutes. We all need to be reminded that we need to spend some time in prayer, talking to God, and we also need to spend some time listening to Him. Sometimes God is trying to get you to be quiet long enough to where you can hear Him. First John. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Word of life. Notice the capital W. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Remember, the Word was manifested in flesh back in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Verse 3, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and, tr and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, notice this is verse 7, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the blood of Jesus can cleanse all of your sins? Now, when we walk in the light we are going to have fellowship one with another. As, as sons and daughters of God Almighty, we are going to walk in fellowship one with another if we're in the light. Now, light is an amazing thing. And light travels really, really fast. Like 186,000 and some feet per second. Actually, it's 186,000 miles per second. That's fast. Now, when it hits water, it slows down. It's only like 143,000 miles per second. And then if it goes through uh, a diamond, it slows down even more. But anyway, it's still so fast you couldn't tell a difference as a human. Okay, now if light goes through muddy water, when the light gets through the other side of muddy water, is it defiled? 
is that light defiled? Does any of the muddiness, does anything bad get on it? Not at all. But did it expose the dirtiness that was in the water? Light exposes the bad things, but it never gets corrupted. The blood of Jesus Christ is like that because the blood of Jesus was never corrupted. Guess what? Every single one of us on this earth, if you're, you are a human being, you're corrupted by the blood that uh, you were formed with. But Jesus, you, you realize that you have none of the blood from your mother? None. I don't know how that's possible. Because, you, you know, the mother nourishes and gives oxygen to the growing baby inside of her body. But the mom's blood never gets into the baby. That's weird. I don't understand how that's possible. But people way smarter than me figured it out a long time ago. And that's why when a child comes into this world, we give the child the name of the father. A lot of the uh, American Indian tribes, they thought because the baby came through the woman, that it was through the woman. They, they, they held that in way more regard. It would be more like taking the name of the mother instead of the father, but they didn't know any better. But we know that the blood comes from the father. Well, guess what? Jesus was conceived in the womb of a virgin, and that the blood that was in him was the blood from the Father. Got to believe that. Got to know that. He was not corrupted at all. And that blood is the blood that cleanses us when we identify with him in believing that that happened and believing that he died for us. That's an awesome verse 7. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, that, all that's saying is that you need to recognize that you have sinned and you've fallen short and you're on your way to hell. This, you need to confess that. That's what we say when we say you need to repent and, and all that. When we talk about the salvation uh, process, we say you need to repent. You repent from you doing anything good enough to be saved because you can be the best person in the whole world. You can grade out better than everybody else in the world. You're still going to fall very, very short. It's when you get rid of not just your unrighteousness, but your righteousness. You get rid of everything that you're counting on, and you look to Jesus alone, and then you can be saved. So that's what that's talking about right there. And it's a, it's, it, when you do sin, you need to immediately just go to God and say, I messed up. It's real simple. You don't have to get saved all over again. Don't fall into that trap either, okay? Um... When you, when you are saved by the blood of Jesus, that's going to take you all the way through to the end. All right, here's the first, my little children. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Notice, 
the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That's important. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now, that doesn't mean that you're following the law for your salvation. It's this Bible, especially New Testament, gives us the way of salvation, okay? It's not saying that you've got to keep all of his commandments perfectly. Even after being saved, you're not going to be able to do that. Now, uh, it is very wise to want to keep all of his commandments. But you know we're not going to keep them perfectly. So this is a general statement saying that you should want to get into God's word, you should want to read it and meditate on it, because you're going to make way better choices in this life if you do that, compared to those who don't. And we need to be a people who say, no, the word of God says, you know, uh, people try to get you to do things that are wrong, you know they're sinful, and you need to be able to say, you, you don't need to reason, you don't need to try to argue, you just need to say, the word of God says this. <clears throat> That's following his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. We're supposed to be like Jesus. We can see how he walked, and we need to walk like him. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. And now this is what the word said. This, this is, he's quoting what has been said. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. You know, when you are born again, and you're walking in the light, and the blood of Jesus has cleansed you, then darkness has passed. Remember that verse? Uh, uh, you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness or from this... Uh, into the kingdom of his glorious son, or his, that's, a, that's, first, uh, that's Colossians 1, 13, probably, 14. And darkness is past. 9. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father, 
I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. You've overcome him. But yet we will walk through this life and we're fighting him and fighting him and putting all this effort in fighting all these things of the world that Satan is trying to get you distracted. And if you would read this, you're being told that you've already been forgiven. If you believe and you've already been given the victory, you have overcome the wicked one. Quit fighting with him and move on and do the things that God's called you to do. Believe it like a little child. Just believe this. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, and is not of the Father, but uh, is of the world. And the world passeth away. All this is going to be gone one day. And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Do you believe in everlasting life? Do you believe you got it when you believed? Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Um, you know, I like uh, you know, being at my house and listening to my family's talk, and I hear uh, somebody say something about the Antichrist, and then I hear you know, somebody else, my wife, she'll say, uh, but there are many Antichrists. You know, it's the Word of God just being spoken in general conversation. I like that. I like it. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would not... They would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not of us. You get all that? I'm not reading it again. Read it for yourself. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Really? You you will be surprised if you are walking in the Spirit, the things that are inside of you, that you can speak without ever pre-planning it because the Spirit will help you in those situations where you as a human being might not know how, but the Spirit will give you what you need to know. 21, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Christ uh, that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning, in that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, 
but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You know, when he shows up, are you going to be hiding things? Are you going to be caught with all these things that you would be so embarrassed to have? 29, if ye know that he is righteous, ye know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath his hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. See, Jesus is pure, and if you are in him, you're pure too. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. I've already explained that. There was no sin in Jesus whatsoever. He had pure blood from the Father. He was human because he was born of a woman. So he was 100% human like us, but yet he was 100% God at the same time. We know that's an impossible thing, but with God all things are possible. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. Well, that's happening a whole lot. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doeth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now, that sounds like, mm, like you, if you're born again, there's no way you can go out and do any sin, but yet you know that you do things that are not right, but is it counted against you? Or you're, you're not, you haven't turned into a sinner, you're just a born-again person that messed up. Okay? Ten, in this the children of God are manifest, and the children and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So, see the difference. There are people who can go out and live sinful lives, and they might even talk about God, they might even memorize a few verses, but they're not really children of God, they're really children of the devil, and I mean, I know so many people who, they want just enough of God, and they'll talk just enough about it to where it 
uh, they think that they've got a way to escape damnation to hell forever. They want to hold on to just enough. Now, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about so far is, is loving your brother, being in fellowship with your, your brother, the people around you. And notice how the world, they will really pick up on that one. You know, it's the golden rule. You know, the Bible says, you know, treat others as you would treat yourself, and they're all about that. But they forget the first part. The most important part is they have no other gods. You need to, you need to fear God. You need to seek God. And they leave that part out. Notice that. The world leaves that part out, and you will never, ever truly treat others the way they should be treated if you don't fear God and make Him number one in your life. You'll look good to other worldly people. Look at how much I care about others, but you totally ignore God. And if you get that wrong, you're going to end up doing some really weird stuff to mankind, and you're going to call it your love for them. You're going to call it, well, they think, this girl thinks she's a boy, and therefore we got to love them and help them in this total madness and actually mutilate them and try to change what God did. You get some really weird ideas about treating others the way you want to be treated if you forget God. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him. Why? Why did he do it? Because his own works were evil. We just talked about that recently. What he did didn't seem all that evil, but to God it was evil. Go back and read it. And his brother's righteous. That little innocent lamb, that blood shed from that little lamb. 13, marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Don't be surprised if the world hates you. When you speak with boldness the word of God, don't be surprised. Marvel not. 14, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Whereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion, from him how dwelleth the love of God in him? So, if you don't truly have compassion for those around you that are in need, and you just say a good word, but you never actually do anything, then is the love of God really in you? 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. I just said that. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, 
God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments. So there it is. We, as the worldly people, our society has left out that first part. They've left that out. Again, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. That part, oh, don't, don't, no, don't say that. Don't talk about Jesus. Don't pray in the name of Jesus. Push him away, and then go try to love people the way you're supposed to love them. It ends up not working too well. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. There it is. Notice that capital S, Spirit. Now, we have got examples of different, we have different words. You know that in the King James Bible, you have Holy Ghost, and you have Holy Spirit, and then you just have Spirit by itself. You notice that? And then there is little s Spirit, that the devil is working through a Spirit as well. So we have bad spirits, we have good spirits, and they war with each other in the heavenlies, and we don't see it. And uh, you ever wonder why the King James Bible uses Holy Ghost? Most other, other versions, they don't like that. They don't like the ghost word. So they change it all to Holy Spirit. Now, in the Greek text, it really doesn't matter. If you really want to go back and look into the Greek and you see how Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, and it's exactly the same. So it doesn't really matter on a human level which one you have in the Bible, right? Okay? So why is it that, I think it's 90 times that Holy Ghost is in the New Testament, but there's four times in the New Testament that says Holy Spirit. Now I'm talking King James Bible. Why, if, if it was right 90 times, why those four? Well, something I found out was that Holy Spirit is throughout the Bible only seven times. Seven times. Seven times. Okay, so if you changed one of those times in the New Testament, those four times, if you changed one of them, then you no longer have seven. Does that matter? Ha ha. Well, okay, let's keep reading. Where was I at? Uh, four. This is chapter four. All right, pay very close attention. This, this is, this is the, the, the sermon right here. I finally got to the actual sermon. And here it is. I just set it up. Pay very close attention to the rest of this. Chapter 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Notice the little s. But try the spirits. You know what that means? Test them. Try the spirits, whether they, they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. They're everywhere, and uh, they're, they're on the Internet big time. They have ways to get to you way quicker than they did before. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. 
Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This is making sense to anybody. You have a hard time hearing the word of God. Does it bother you to hear the Holy Scriptures? We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is, loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. Capital S, Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. This there, listen, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, when we get to uh, verse 7, notice, remember in, in chapter 1, verse 7, what it said, talking about the light, talking about the blood, 
Well, we got another verse 7 coming up. That's extremely important. Pay very close attention to this. We're almost done. Whosoever believeth, okay, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. That's how you overcome this world, if you're born of God. And this is the victory that, that overcometh the world, even our faith. All right, the whole book of Hebrews is telling us about faith. We've read all the way through Hebrews up to chapter 11, around verse 6. That's where we're at in Hebrews. But we've read it all, and it's about faith. Now, here it is, faith. Even our faith. Now, is it our faith? Our faith is pitiful. But it's the faith that we have in Jesus and his finished work. Who, who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. What came out of the side of Jesus when they stabbed him in the side? Water and blood came out. What is water? Water. You can be washed with the water of the word. You need to know what this says so you know what to believe. You must be washed with the word. But water only, if all you know is the word, but you never receive the blood, you're lost. You can be a Bible scholar and miss the blood and go to hell forever. You must water in word. You must be a human being, because salvation is not for created beings like the angels, it's for humans. Jesus had to be born as a human to be a sacrifice for us. So he was born of water, he was born as a human, came out of Mary. So I think it has a double meaning, probably three, four meanings. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. Now here's verse 7. Read along in your Bibles. You got your Bibles open. Anybody who's listening, there's all kinds of people who listen to this after. I'm talking to them. Look at your Bible. Does your Bible have this? For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That's some, that's some big stuff right there. Do you realize that almost every modern translation of the Bible leaves that out completely? The New King James has it, but every other one, this is gone. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That is gone. That's the Trinity right there. Now this part they do have in, and it's verse 8, and it says, And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, notice capital S, Spirit, and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. Now, I want to share something with you. I, you know, last, was it last week I talked about the one, was it 153? Was that last Sunday? I can't remember now. But the, the number 153 fishes? Okay. 
I got that from this guy right here called Brandon. His name is Brandon Peterson. His uh, site is called, if you look up Truth is Christ, Truth is Christ, and he put this book out called Sealed by the King, and notice the 777 right there. And this guy, he has a computer, King James Pure Bible Search. And he, just out of curiosity, because he, for five years of his new Christian walk, he, he read NIV, he read ESV. That's what he read. And he read it for five years, and then he started noticing things that were missing. And this is one of the verses that really caught him. He said, what? How can this not be in the Bible? So he started playing with this word search, and what he does is he'll put in certain key words, and then he sees how many times they're in the Bible, and then he'll, he'll make note of it, and then he'll add them together and all this. Now, here's something that he did. Now, you have to kind of play around with the words. You've got to go, so he typed in, at first he would type in Father, and then Word, capital W, then Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, and see what it come up with, and he's like, okay. And then he started, he, what he did is he ended up, he put the Father, search the whole Bible, the Father, and then he put the Word, capital W, the Word, or maybe it wasn't capital W, it's just the Word, and then he probably tried the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. All right, well, he took the off and he put just Holy Ghost. And it came up to 777 times that those three things came up. It was 777, and he liked that. That's cool. So that was, does that mean anything? Does that have significance, the 777? And he does that with all kinds of stuff from the Bible. He wants to know what is the seventh of this or the 77th of that or the seven, seven, seven time, you know, you, as you count over, what does it say and is, is it significant? And he has found some amazing things that will blow your mind. And it's pretty cool. So that right there, if you type in Holy Ghost, if you type in the Word and the Father, you can come up with 777 perfectly, okay? Remember what I said earlier. If you was to change Holy Ghost, then that will ne you'll never come up with 777. It destroys it. Okay, do you realize that in the King James Bible, Jehovah, the, just, if you look up Jehovah, it's in the Bible seven times. Now, you have to count Jehovah Jireh. It's a hyphenated word, but that's Jehovah. And you count, and there's three places in the Bible where Jehovah is hyphenated uh, Jehovah Nisa and Jehovah Shalom. And there's two other places where it's just Jehovah, but that's uh, four of the places, and it's seven times. Word, capital W word, is seven times in the Bible. Holy Spirit is seven times. We talked about that earlier. Seven times. But 90 mentions of Holy Ghost in the New Testament, four mentions of Holy Spirit. And you could, by Greek manuscripts, make it all the same if you wanted to, one way or the other, and you wouldn't be messing up the Word of God. But you would mess up the 777 right here, and you would mess up the 777 times that the Word, the Father, and Holy Ghost is mentioned when you add them all up. 
right, that's just, that's just interesting, okay? I thought that was clever. And just knowing that this is taken out of all the modern translations. It's gone, other than the New King James. Now, isn't that something to think about? Something to make you more interested? I have been reading more of the Bible since looking at stuff like this. I, I mean, it makes me get back into the Word of God and read it with more purpose and, and really pay attention to all the things that are in the Bible. Every word. It's made me think about those places in the Bible that say, by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Every word. And how critical every word is. And how men will change things that seem better to other people. You know, God's ways are so much different than our ways. And we have to be careful. We have basically shredded the Word of God by man thinking he needs to fix it. We've messed it up. <clears throat> okay. We're really, really close, so... If we've received the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. You know, when we deny Jesus when we're okay with people not praying in the name of Jesus, we're like, okay, whatever, we don't want to offend this person and that person. We're diminishing the, the, the name of Jesus Christ. We should not be part of that. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. We should be so grateful. All right, well, we're almost at the very end. I'll let you finish that up on your own. But notice the very last verse. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. There's the last little children. And we do make idols of all kinds of things. And we need to be very careful not to allow those things to cause us to drift away. Now, I almost read every single word in 1 John. It would only take a minute to finish it up. That's 14 and a half minutes of reading. Fourteen and a half minutes is all it is. If Read all of 1 John. Fourteen and a half minutes is all it is. Do you have that much time to read the Word of God during the week? I mean, can you set aside that much time every day to read the Word of God? It's amazing how much you'll cover. I mean, Joseph went through the whole Word of God in record time. You know, he's... He, doesn't have the responsibilities that most of us have at his age, but most people his age are not reading the Word of God. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Word. Father, I pray that we would be a people who want to follow your Word, want to eat it up, digest it, Father, that we would meditate on it, that we would be a people who speak your word with boldness. Thank you, Father, for your many blessings. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all these people that are here that come together to worship you.
Father, I pray that our minds would be just so focused on only you and what you've done for us. Father, that we forget about everything else. That all the cares of this world, that we just push them out of our minds. Father, that we will just focus on you right now. Father, our life is not important. We would not have a life if it wasn't for you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for eternal life. And Father, we just humbly bow down to you because we can do nothing in return except just to love you and to have no other idols. But Father, you are number one in our life. It's all we can bring. Father, we have nothing good in us to bring to you except being hid in your dear Son. Receive us in Christ. Amen.